Hi there. I'm Michael Marvash, and this is The Dead Man's Forest, a weekly conversation about life and what it feels like to be alive. As you can hear, the snow is a little crunchier today than it was last week. It seems like a lot of it has melted, in fact. So I will try not to walk and talk at the same time. The last couple weeks we've been talking about death and why it's sad, as in a final goodbye to all of the wonderful things that life gives us, some of the ways to respond to that. This week, I'm going to take a little different direction. I've had some new thoughts that need examining and discussing, and I think they might be pretty important, but they're also fairly complicated, and I haven't fully thought through all of the implications of them. So, if things are a little muddled or jumbled today, I think that explains it. And I hope that through conversation with you, we can work out some of the knots. The first piece of this is based on the second law of thermodynamics. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. We tend to think of this in terms of physical motion. If you push on something, it pushes back on you. You right now are standing on the earth and your weight is how much the earth pulls you toward it. And at the same time, you pull the earth towards you with the same amount of weight. So if you weigh 160 pounds against the earth, the earth also weighs 160 pounds against you. The thought that I had was, what if that also applies to our conscious experience of the universe? To the same extent that we are observing and aware of the universe, the universe is observing and aware of us. So in the same way that the physical universe comes right up to the border of our body, and by the way, I realize that an important part of this argument is What if we are not separate from the universe? What if we are just a part of the universe? Can you draw any distinction between where the universe ends and where we begin? And I understand that argument. I think for the sake of these thoughts that we're discussing today, we need to think of us being both a part of the universe and a separate thing from it, a separate entity in and of ourselves. So in the same way that 
as you stand or sit where you are standing or sitting right now, there is a point at which your body ends and the universe begins. And you can move your body and you take up space in the universe that you didn't occupy a moment before and the universe bends itself around your body. I'm reaching my arm out right now and filling a space that, that my arm did not fill before and the universe has simply adjusted, stretched to accommodate me, to accommodate my physical structure. And I put my arm down and the universe bends around me so that it, it fits me like a glove. It can't not. It is what it means to exist in a physical space is that the space around you and whatever fills it, whether it's air or life or anything, perfectly stretches to fit like a glove around your physical shape. And so the thought that occurred to me is what if the same thing can be said of our consciousness or our awareness or our attention that whatever we focus it on the universe bends around that focus and focuses back on us it it fits us it mirrors our experience with its own experience of us. Now I realize that's entirely hypothetical and I'm not a scientist. I don't know if there's any experiment that could be devised to prove or disprove that. But if we do a little thought experiment where that is the case, it seems like we arrive at a place where the universe is conscious in some sort of mirror or inverse fashion to the way the things in it are conscious. It experiences things in almost a negative space to the way those things experience it. And of course, if we take the conversation back a step and assume that we are not a separate thing from the universe, but we are a part of the universe, then the universe is also experiencing both sides of that. It's, it is experiencing itself through our eyes, so to speak. And that, that experience we have a, a window into because it, it is also our experience and at the same time, the universe is experiencing us from outside of us. In, it is the space in which we experience. And again, that fits us like a glove. It is the most perfect mirror relationship that any of us will ever experience. If we love the universe, it returns to us an inverse of love. If we are angry at the universe, it returns to us an inverse of anger uh, because its experience mirrors our own. And so it seems like 
the more life that exists, the more experiences there are that are being had in the universe, and the more aware the universe is of itself. Life is like the universe's experiment on experiencing itself. And so, I mean, first of all, thinking that makes me think that it's much more likely that there are different forms of life out there, different planets and galaxies. If all of this is, is like, a, like a Petri dish and different forms of life are different experiments the universe is running to see what it's like as its consciousness is certainly nothing like ours, nothing like a tree's, nothing like a bird's. It's, it's the inverse of those things, and it's also all of those things. But if that's the case, then more life is better. More life means a broader, richer experience for the universe. And, of course, we tend to think of things on tiny human timelines, but the universe is going to be around for a lot longer than any of us can comprehend. And its experience encompasses all of that. So, anyway, more life. Now, if more life is the goal, then it is, of course, a hubris of humanity that we should think our life, the human life, is more valuable than other forms of life. And I think that's a mistake civilization has made, a bad thought that many of us share in our own way. But it seems like what we have done in setting up civilization is started our own experiment within the universe's experiment of life that I'm not sure has a bad negative implication because the question that civilization seems to be trying to answer is, can we human beings be a form of life that can go to the stars and can achieve things that we dream? Can we perhaps achieve one of the m more extraordinary ideas that we have had. Can we figure out how to become immortal? Or 
can we figure out how to create some form of life that is? No, it must not be life because all of the life that's in you and that you see around you is DNA. And so DNA is fundamentally already immortal. So I guess the question is then, can we create immortal conscious life or life with a capacity for human style consciousness? And I don't know if that's hubris or if it is simply pride, a, a healthy sort of pride, a pride that says, maybe we're it. Maybe we can do this. Not you or me as individuals, but we as a species, as a civilization. Civilization is our experiment to find out what we're capable of, just how far we can grow. And, and it's an experiment that we have all of us been carrying on our backs now for 10,000 years. And the evidence of this is the fact that we're counting the days. That's what a calendar is. We are all collectively together counting the days that we've been doing this civilization thing. And I think that is an extraordinary testament to what we are as individuals, what we are as a species, and how we see our place in the universe. I think perhaps some humility would do us good, but also a recognition of our ambition which I'm not sure yet is bad. Now, we have these pieces in place, these pieces that describe the relationship between you and the universe that surrounds you the relationship between the universe and human civilization, this experiment that we have embarked on, and the relationship between you and human civilization. And all of our relationships are our feelings about our relationships, the way that we engage with the, with the entity on the other end of our relationships, whether it be a person or a thing or the universe or civilization or whatever, the way we engage in our relationships is dictated by what we believe about those relationships. If you believe that you can trust a person, that impacts the way that you relate to them. If you love someone or hate someone, or are annoyed by someone, those beliefs that you have about how you feel about that person or about how that person makes you feel impact the way that you relate to them. And that behavior impacts what they believe, which impacts how they 
relate to you. And that's what we bring to relationships. We bring our beliefs. And so many of us human beings believe at some level about the unlimited nature of our potential in this reality. We hope somewhere deep inside of us that civilization can do what it promises, that we're good enough. If we can just keep going and other people believe that we are limited, that we can't do it, and those two very different core beliefs impact the way all of us interact with civilization. And so when we encounter someone who is acting destructively, who is tearing things down that people have built, then perhaps what's going on is that person is acting out their belief, is acting out of fear or bitterness or anger, and they're trying to stop this experiment on some level. And I don't know how to change people's beliefs. I don't know if it's possible. But it seems like something that kind of person needs to hear is have hope and do your best and be kind. Because those three beliefs about how we should move through the world will determine whether or not civilization has a chance. I'd like to give it a chance because I, I don't see that there's any downside. We can't destroy life. We don't have that power. We might make a mistake that destroys human life. Okay, failed experiment. But life will continue. And the universe's very, very long attention span will eventually bring something else, bring another experiment to bear. But this is the one that you and I are a part of. This one, this human civilization. And it seems like if we can do those things more and more every day, if we can hope and try our best and be kind, and aren't those three things together really just love? If we can just love a little more and a little better, and if we can, I don't know what the word is, convince other people to believe in that too, then hopefully someday we can all end up working together to accomplish the dreams of human civilization, to make the experiment successful. And so it's funny that at the end of my chain of thoughts, I come to a very hippie notion. <laughs> it's all about love. Maybe on a long enough timeline, love is what makes life run. And maybe it is what makes the universe run. If we can just agree to believe that. 
I, I do like to think that these ideas that have come to me give me a little more reason to believe or accept how and why love is the answer. <laughs> In my mind, at least, I contrast that with, with the, the well-intentioned uh, hippie idea of love for its own sake. But it seems to me that if love serves a greater purpose, if love nurtures life and life is good because that's what the universe wants, then for me, at least, and for people who tend to think like me, we seem to have a more compelling reason to interact with one another and with our world, with love, kindness, and hope, and hard work. I realize, by the way, that this idea of increasing or sharing or convincing, I don't know how to say it, but of bringing other people around to share that belief is not going to stop disagreements or conflict. But what it will do is if enough of us believe it, then what we can trust is the intentions of everyone that we're all trying to contribute to the same end goal, which is our collective success and continuation. And I think maybe my hope is that that common ground that I believe we should all share, and I hope we someday will all share, is what will put an end to all the stupid stuff that's happening in civilization and that we'll make mistakes and missteps and we'll have disasters and tragedies but they won't be caused by hatred or discord or othering or by people trying to manipulate or control for their own selfish gain so where does the conversation go from here I suppose that's in part up to you if you have anything to say, any ideas or thoughts that come out of today's episode, please send them to me via the contact form on deadmansforest.org. I am listening there. And I'm certain I will have more thoughts of my own. There don't seem to be any shortage of them. Though next week I will be traveling and so we'll be unable to record on Wednesday. And my trip will also cover the next two Wednesdays after that. And I don't know, I certainly won't be on a plane, but I don't know if I will have time to record in New Zealand. So if I don't get a chance to do that, then I will see you in four weeks. And if I do, 
then I will see you sooner. But whatever the case may be, I appreciate your being here. And I thank you for giving your time and attention and for thinking about how you can be in the world in better ways. Until next time. Bye-bye.